0: Comics,
1: movies, music,
0: video games,
2: technology, Blu ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
1: I have a plan. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%?
2: <laughs> I am Groot.
1: So what? It's better than 11%. <laughs> The closest we could come to a talking raccoon or a living tree is special guest Frank A. Rincon from the famous Half Hour Wasted podcast. Frank, how are you? I am Frank. (laughs) He is Frank. I am John. This is Ken.
0: I am
2: Ken.
1: Frank, I want
0: Frank to record this entire episode saying nothing but I am Frank. Can you do that?
2: I am
1: Frank.
0: (laughs) Good man. I knew you could do it. I knew you wouldn't let me down.
1: Of all the members of the HHWLOD family, I would elect frank if i needed somebody to pull that off just I saying frank. one <laughs>
2: <laughs> guys i'm very happy to be here on the show with you
1: oh it's awesome to have you and we're all very excited we're here on uh, it's all connected tonight to talk about the totally awesome guardians of the galaxy movie and we're actually uh, this is saturday night as we record and the, and the movie opened you know two nights ago and a lot of people saw it on Thursday and Friday, it sounds like. Uh, the- uh, if you were fortunate enough to
0: actually um, get their theater to play the actual correct movie, uh, and they got to see Guardians of the Galaxy and not uh, 2012's Rise of the Guardians. Have you heard, did you hear that story? No. <laughs> apparently, there was a theater chain, because like, they do these summer movie things for kids. You, know, you pay a buck or whatever, and you go see a movie in the afternoon. So one of the choices was Rise of the Guardians. So apparently, I guess what they think happened is... Whoever worked there labeled the the hard drive array for the digital projector just simply Guardians. So they loaded that up uh, instead of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it played that. So like five minutes in, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we're trying to get the right movie, trying to get the right movie, trying to get the right movie in. And so they go grab another another drive or another movie, whatever, put that in. It's the same thing. Right? Three times now, Ugh. Rise of the Guardians finally starts playing to finally get the right the right movie set up for them. Uh, that was pretty funny. I had a problem my second viewing where their 3D wasn't aligned properly and uh, no harm there. They gave me free passes and I saw it again, so all all good. Um, so we have Frank here with us. Uh, we're hoping to be joined also, f- also from Half Hour Wasted by um, Bill The Voice McGonnell, who, frankly, of all of my friends in the comic world, I don't know a bigger Guardians of the Galaxy fan, so I was really hoping Bill is- ends up being able to join us late to uh, hear his thoughts on it. And we'll do our best to
1: keep him... Uh, on on topic, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> Frank, I did want to ask you to start off. Um, have you read the Guardians of the Galaxy, like the Abnett and Lanning or the classic stuff? Anything that would you know lead you into this movie at all?
2: No, I knew virtually nothing going in, other than what I had seen on the trailers and the tidbits that that Bill and Brad would share with me. So I really went into this movie knowing nothing.
1: Yeah, I did exactly the same for this one. When this was announced, I said, I'm not reading any of it. I want to go in cold. I want to see, you know, we always talk about, like, the general moviegoer. Is he getting the stuff that the geeks are getting out of it? You know, that type of thing. So I, I didn't uh, do any background reading. And And, Ken, I believe you did. Did you just recently – just recently, yeah. In fact, I I opened
0: uh, 2014 without having ever read a single issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. I have never been a fan of, uh, excuse me, Marvel Marvel cosmic stuff. Not that I didn't enjoy it when it came up, but usually, if that kind of storyline in, came into what I was reading, Iron Man, Avengers, whatever. Um, I'd read it, but i kind of shut down, like, okay, whatever. My cosmic fix always came from D.C., Green Lantern, and it's, and it's similar stuff. Right. So when the trailer first came out, uh, I, I loved it. I thought, wow, this looks really funny. I'm kind of curious what's going on. So, yeah, I, I sought out some, uh, some, some back issues, found out what I could find out, and I read the uh, – I jumped into the Abner and Lanning series, which as I understand it would be called considered volume two. And I read that, and then I read, and that lasted, I think, for about two years-ish, 24-ish issues, 25 issues. And now there's a current uh, uh, run, Volume 3, which is in issue number 17, with a slightly different tone. And that's tying in with a lot of Iron Man and Avengers stuff, things like that. So I am current on that. But I didn't read anything that came before. Um, but that's overall okay because this movie, if someone were to want you to nail down Abnett Landing, that Volume Two would give you. Uh, that was the feel they're going for, and I think they achieved it very well.
2: So they, so they stayed true to with the characters from the book to the movie.
0: Uh, from the characters of that book, there was previous previous incarnations of Guardians of the Galaxy, previous incarnations of these characters, and they. By and large, yeah, met, met with the characterizations properly. A couple of things that I need to look into to see why they did certain things a little differently. Um, you know, Drax is in the movie; he's um, from an unnamed planet, a certain people. Whereas my understanding of his backstory is he's technically a human who was resurrected with the sole purpose of killing Thanos. He has no memory of being a human that I understand, so that may come out in a future installment of Guardians of the Galaxy. But, um, for now, it, w- it wasn't exactly the backstory that I, uh, that I knew, but that's okay. Cool. <clears throat> Alright, so Bill McGonough will not be joining us. He is actually watching Guardians of the Galaxy right now, and I can't fault him for that.
1: Good enough. <clears throat> okay, so, before we go any further, uh, number one, spoiler podcast in full right on. now. on. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> So it. this is going to be released pretty quickly, hopefully by, you know, the first Monday after the movie has been out. So a lot of people might not have seen it yet. You might want to turn around at this point until you get to watch it. Um, that's number one. Number two, I just want to go over quickly. Uh, I did IMAX 3D. Um,
2: Ken?
0: I did IMAX 3D and just your regular ordinary 3D.
2: Okay. Frank? I did 2D with karaoke at the very beginning of the movie. People singing songs from the awesome mix. <laughs> wow, <laughs>
0: that's that's actually very impressive. I like that. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's a it's a theater chain called Alamo Theaters, and they they have a, a rule about you know they try to have a lot of fun with their movies, but uh, also no texting and no talking during the movie. So it's it's they get it out, get it out. They out in take full. it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Is that is that
0: the new Dallas location or Fort Worth location of the Alamo Draft House?
2: Yes, this is the Dallas okay. location. I'm so lucky because it is like two miles away from me. That's great. Excellent. That's cool. Maybe, maybe we could start with the music. I mean, it
1: you
0: know sets the, the tone. The movie, the movie sets up with it. It sets the tone of the whole thing, and I can watch those opening credits all day long. <laughs>
2: What a great opening scene! Just an awesome, awesome opening scene. Yeah, when when Star Lord
1: or, or Peter or whoever uh, we want to call it when he starts kicking those lizards and he's singing the song and he grabs one of them and uses <laughs> the it like as a microphone. <laughs> you just and, I, and, I, I remember saying to myself like, "Okay, this is going to be different. Yeah. You know, this is not, <laughs> this is not the Winter Soldier. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is this is different."
0: You know, and I thought about that because twenty six years earlier, when he's back on Earth and his mother's on her deathbed, asking him why he was fighting, it was because the boys killed a frog and it didn't do nothing. And now here he is on an alien planet kicking alien lizards. <laughs> I fun. I didn't think yeah,
2: that. I kind of thought the same thing, and so I figured so he must be hardened now. I mean, you know, he was such a yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah, he, he was such a gentle guy him. at first, but now he's, he's just <sighs> living in space has hardened him.
0: Yeah, but think about that title card. Think about, you know, he's, he puts the headphones on, hits play. You just see, like, the, the, from the body shot, he starts jamming away. And then you get, you know, a wide angle, and the, 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 the lyrics come up. The arms go up like he's dancing, and the title comes up, and it just holds there for about five seconds, and he's just down there jamming away. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is fabulous. I, I buckle up. And I, I think I smiled the entire, excuse me, the entire two hours. I sat there with a smile on my face.
2: the uh, The couple behind there was there were two couples next to me, and uh, man, they were just they were having a good time. They were laughing when when uh, when Star Lord picked up that lizard as a microphone and started singing into it. You, she was, the girl next to me was just busting a gut. She thought it was yeah. so funny.
0: And you started talking about the, the so we have the the soundtrack, the awesome mix, Volume One, and. I started talking about it before we recorded it and got yelled at. Save it for the show. But you know what the best thing about this movie and this soundtrack is? The fact that my seven-year-old is in there jamming out to this music like it's, it's his. He owns this, and he is going <laughs> nuts on it. He loves it. He's loving it. Yes, he's connected with the movie and how much fun he had, but still, the fact that he's listening to some of these tunes and jamming out to the Jackson 5 is fabulous to me.
1: <laughs> that, that is very cool. Unfortunately, he can't get a real cassette tape out of it, right? We have to <laughs>
2: digitally download it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, he's got a low-pass his tablet, and, and the picture says Awesome Mix Volume 1, so that's close enough. Kid. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Dad, what's a cassette?
0: You know what? I have a cassette player in my truck, and one day he said, what's that? That's how we used to get music.
2: <laughs> how would you download it? Oh, yeah, son. Exactly, Let me tell exactly. you the
0: days. <laughs> uh, yes. Let me tell you about sitting there standing, sitting there in your room with your finger on the record button waiting for that song to come on the radio and getting pissed <laughs> to all get out
1: when the <laughs> DJ starts talking over the end of it and you couldn't get the whole thing clean. A two-sided 90-minute tape was what we called high-density. <laughs> <laughs> you could That's fit right. 14 songs on that. <laughs>
2: Any, anywho...
0: Any, any who, so we all agree the music is, is fantastic.
2: By, by the way, we, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you guys know the name of his ship, the Milano. Yes. I, I learned today who that's, or what it's named after. The Alyssa? Guys, yeah, the Alyssa Milano. <laughs> <laughs> because that was his oh, crush yeah. when he was 10 years old, and so he named yeah. his ship after her. That was kind of awesome. That's very cool.
0: You know what, and I can't I can't argue with him on that. So it's nineteen eighty eight and he was ten years old, so Yeah he's...
1: <laughs> That's even Ooh, before Embrace of the Vampire. Uh yeah.
2: Anyway, just like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> 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 that so Kevin Bacon line was magic. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. Anyway, so we're at the beginning.
1: Yeah, I don't even know that we can go in a linear fashion in any. Do we still have John? Oh, oh, you can, oh. boo! I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, I I had a cough and then. Okay, <clears throat> okay, we're good. I don't know if we can go in a linear fashion. I mean, I I mean, and I've only seen it once, and it is there's so much to digest that it's just yeah all over the place. To me, you know, the one thing that really stuck out were uh the characters were awesome and they were awesome as characters and their look was awesome you know the color schemes and the costumes the makeup like everything about them was awesome and and it's funny probably like the character i got the least laughs out of might have been rocket raccoon oh really which doesn't mean I don't think he, you know, it's not that I didn't think he was funny, but I thought everybody else was so funny and interesting. I mean, Dave Bautista with those deadpan, you know, yeah. literal lines. I mean, that that played really well. And I wasn't expecting... Nothing expect- goes over my
0: head. My 3 are too fast. I would yes. catch it. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't listening. I was thinking about something else.
1: And... I- I wasn't expecting that much out of that character at all. I mean, no,
2: me neither. I thought he was just going to be kind of a brute who was like, "Let's fight all the time," and he was so much more and good comic relief. That group was just a good balance, just a good tree. balance of misfits. Yeah, this tree is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: No, no it, it was it was enjoyable. They they worked together. I enjoy how the team formed and they came together. Um, yeah, some things were slightly different than than in the comics, uh, which is fine if it's if it's this version of it and it's it's its own version. That that's, that's all well and good. Uh, huh. The characters, though, I mean, you got Rocket and and Groot. And if we've learned from other movies that if the CGI is bad, it's going to ruin the whole thing. But I got to tell you, there was never a moment where I. It's not that I didn't believe. Or that I believe that there really was this talking raccoon there, it's <laughs> that I forgot. Yeah, it's just it's just there's 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 a guy, <laughs> a green guy, a tree, and a raccoon, and they they are in the space together, interacting together. <laughs> I never once was pulled out of that, and and that's good. I, and I don't mean it, like I've had it where it's like, oh, the CGI is really good. I didn't even have that. I was just watching a raccoon talk to a guy. And that was just the end of it. So that that was just fantastic to me.
2: And Groot, I have to say, was, you know, for a three-word character, uh, was a home run. He was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and and not only did Vin Diesel do a great job in emoting and giving these different phrases and different inflections to Iron Groot, um, as I understand it, um, he actually himself recorded I am Groot in like five different languages. Yeah. So rather than just it being dubbed over, it's really Vin Diesel saying I am Groot in whatever language and hitting it every time like that. So he uh as the story wills, he wanted to give the fans what they wanted and they they wanted Groot saying I am Groot and he they he made sure they got it. There's something odd about a tree smiling
1: at you though, which is like <laughs> <laughs> just makes it And uh, Gamora was awesome. I mean, Again, stunning like to look at.
0: Oh yeah, you know yeah. she's a beautiful woman to begin with, and she's just
1: just really nails it, and and she can really kick ass. So it, yeah. it it sells the the fights, you know, that much more.
2: Yeah, she she had some some interesting timing too. Like probably the funniest scene with her to me was. When she was listening to that music and, and she overanalyzes it while, uh, while Peter Quill's trying to have that romantic moment with her. That, that part just kind of. Kind Pelvic of, sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so many great lines. So many great lines like that. Golly. So good.
1: What did you yeah, guys think
2: of the, um, the villains?
1: They didn't really give Ronan too much to do, did they? And again, he looked awesome. He looked fabulous. And again,
0: there's, I mean, it was, it's been called, and I don't think Marvel ever called this, but it's been called by people who've seen it, Critics or, um Marvel's first straight up comedy. And yeah, it was definitely funny. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Ronan was the straight man to Peter Quill's, you know, comedian. Right. Yeah. Uh,. But if I had a problem with the bad guys, it was a similar problem to what I had in the Avengers in that the army was dispensable. Um, like, it wasn't uh, this army of creed soldiers. It was these, these scarring warriors. I mean, cannon fodder. It was just nothing but cannon fodder and one main villain. Uh, yeah,
2: and while the villain did have some kind of – he had a motivation, which was just revenge, you know – I didn't feel for him that much. He was definitely just just a just a bad guy. I kind of wish there had been yeah. a little more to him, but he did have presence. I mean, he was he, he, he was did. a badass, you know. And and uh, when him and Drax had that fight, and he's doing that speech about you know I don't remember your wife and kid, yeah. and I don't know who you are, and and then he brings that back around later. You know that yeah. that was pretty dramatic, but I just wish there had been a little bit more of his backstory. I guess.
0: Yeah, it was a little disappointing that um, he died, that he was killed at the end, uh, and I don't think there's any doubt that that's what happened. He was destroyed by the infinity power of the Infinity Stone. But he, Ronan is such an important character in the Marvel Universe that they definitely could have used him somewhere else later on. Uh, yes, Nebula's still out there. She escaped, and of course she'll rejoin up with Thanos, and we am sure we'll see to them in what we believe to be Excuse me, Avengers 3, where this Infinity Stones uh, plotline has been building. We believe it's building to I mean, they've been st- they've started this thing in Phase 1 as early as Iron Man 2, if you look for it. And so we know they're going to keep building up these Infinity Stones th- into Phase 3, hopefully into Iron Man 3 when all these groups will come together. They're not Iron Man 3, it's going to be Avengers 3. Um, but he could have been used there. We're going to see the Kree... Um, probably, uh, we believe, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not that I think we'd see Ronan there, but there's going to be more opportunities to interact with the Kree. We interact with them very little bit here. We've heard the name, we saw the one guy on screen, we see Ronan, but that's really it. So to see that Ronan has basically been destroyed so quickly was a disappointment.
1: Um, But, hey, they've got a lot more to work with, too. And Now, Frank, are you caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or did you not uh, partake in that whole series?
2: No, I um I I started off watching it, then kind of gave up during the lull and then once it started to pick up again, I watched lull? it to the end. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: what lull. So uh. the reason I just wanted to bring up Agents of Shield, Ken just mentioned it uh quickly, there's been a blue alien body, you know, on Agents of Shield and we weren't 100% sure and we did a lot of guessing and now it's pretty clear after seeing the Cree in in this movie. Uh, that it's definitely a Cree corpse.
2: Half yeah, Kree I, corpse. <laughs> I, I remember there was a lot of talk about it being a frost giant, or I mean, that was a big theory that was going along, uh, going on for a while. But yeah, so yeah, it looks like it's going to be Cree,
1: which is interesting because uh, the Cree originated in a Fantastic Four comic, so you would think that um, that Fox would have the rights to yeah but to the Cree, but I guess they don't. No,
0: I guess they figured that out, which the, is great. Um, yeah, now yeah, it's good. Going back to the villains, um, Thanos was there just long enough to remind us of who Thanos is, and he's he's got a connection to the Infinity Stones. Um, I like how his little manservant from Avengers was there and quickly <laughs> dispatched. Yes. So, uh, but that was a good connection to for those who remember that end scene and remember that character. Um, that's one of a few uh, connections to hook us back into the bigger MCU. Um, because frankly, there's not a lot here. I mean, every other movie has been based on Earth, so there's a lot to, or or at least has takes place on Earth to a degree, um, including both Thor's. But uh, there's there's a lot to connect the, to connect the group together. There's not a lot that overtly connects Guardians of the Galaxy to the bigger MCU. So to have that one character there, and if you had a name, I don't remember what it is. To have Thanos there, to have the images of the Tesseract and the ether in the Collector's Chamber um, reminds the casual viewer uh, hey, remember these from the other movies? Yeah, they still were same thing.
2: If I had a concern about the movie before seeing it was that it seemed like there was a lot of story and a lot of characters and I just wasn't quite sure how that all that was going to fit together in two hours. They obviously did it, but before going in I was thinking, man are they going to be able to fit all this into two hours
1: yeah and i I think they did it by you know shortening up the villain side a bit you know we, we didn't get much karen gillen at all as nebula and i hope that we do get her again whether it be avengers 3 or wherever we see thanos down the road again another character that looked awesome and she had the deadpan like monotone I'm yeah. a f- I'm a serious killer. She she broke down to me
0: uh, towards the end, right before the big battle between her and Gamora, is when I kind of, I did have a moment of disbelief with her when she started basically having a temper tantrum. Yeah. And uh, and, and, her, and her accent started to sneak back in a little bit, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounded a little, it, it was like, whoa, that actually didn't work for me there.
1: Get out of my way! Yeah. Yeah, that that was a little off, but uh I love when she gets pummeled and uh it's kind of like a terminator moment when she stands up and starts readjusting her joints and uh Yeah.
2: That to- that caught me by surprise and I loved it. I was just like, "Whoa."
0: They only gave you a few hints of how she is um, enhanced. For lack of a better word, a cyborg. Yeah, she is very much enhanced. Like every time she would go out On an assignment, she'd come back missing a part, and they ended up replacing it with mechanical parts. So, and you get a little bit of her fixing her arm uh, at 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 Thanos's chambers.
1: Is there any uh, is a version of her in the comic that looks similar to the movie version, or did they just? I don't know about the 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 comic history. There is a specific
0: Guardians of the Galaxy prequel comic that goes into Gamora and uh, Nebula's relationship but it's specifically these versions of right, them. so right. yes it does look like them uh, and it does explain more how goes into how she's been upgraded over the years uh, but I don't know how she is uh, outside of that because uh, of the Guardians of the Galaxy that I read she hasn't been in it. Yeah I know in her uh, origin
1: it she looks nothing like that um, but that's back in like Avengers like 257 you know you're going back 30 years or so so we know Marvel likes to tinker and, and make things, you know, better for the movie version, which is fine. It's been working so far. Jim Dietz just sent me a text message. Uh,
0: we will be like Kevin Bacon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Now, let me, let's go back to those Infinity Stones for a second. Um, sure. Is this the first time that it was actually an Infinity Stone in other words, this was a, the actual stone that Ronan then put into his hammer or weapon yeah, or whatever. This
0: is the first one that had the appearance of right. a okay, small so stone. Right, okay, so
1: the Tesseract was just the Tesseract, and the ether was kind of like, you know, it was more of a the, gas, the,
0: right? Yeah, the liquid or whatever, but they both, it's a fluid, but they both were called Infinity Stones. Like, that, that is what they are. They're part of the Infinity... They're, they're, they're each one of the six Infinity Infinity Stones. So this is three that have been positively identified. We still speculate that there's one in Loki's scepter, which which Hydra has possession of.
2: Now, which um, which stone was the uh, was the one in this one? Was this the space? I don't, mm,
0: I don't know. I see. I don't know. I'm not taking for granted that these are all going to match up with the ones with the names and what they are in the comics. They they appear to. Um, if no, I think the Tesseract we thought might be space because it's transported people. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Realms. Okay. Um, the uh, we think the one in Loki's scepter, if that is in fact a, is a gem, would be mind because Loki used it to um, control people. Um, we haven't seen time. Uh,
1: there's there's a power. I think I don't remember what we the Ether. I have in. the the wiki. You have the list. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so this is, this is in the comics, and maybe we can draw off any of these, match up, or, right. or whatever. Okay, so the green gem is the soul gem. Allows the user to steal, control, manipulate, or alter souls living or dead. So I don't okay, think that... we've seen anything like that. That could be the scepter, but we'll hold on to that for now. Okay, the time is the orange. Allows total Definitely. control over the past, present, and future. Time travel, yep. blah, blah, blah. Can't see... Can't, don't have that one yet. Okay, space is purple.
0: We're thinking Tesseract, but we're not sure. Allows
1: the user to exist in any or all locations, move any object anywhere throughout reality. Okay. Mind is blue. See, yeah, that's the one we're thinking is more in Loki's scepter. What's the, what's the, ability, what's the power for mind? Allows the user to greatly strengthen and enhance mental and psionic power and access the thoughts and dreams of other beings. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Reality is yellow. Allows the user to fulfill wishes, even if the wish is in direct contradiction with scientific law. I wish for more wishes. And (laughs) the power is red, accesses all power and energy that has ever or will ever exist. Yeah, that might
0: be what we think the ether was, because I had that red hue to it as well.
2: So So, I'm kind of under the impression that maybe uh, the cinematic universe is going to do its own thing and not so much stick with the comic books, you know?
0: They did identify there are six of them. When um, we've heard that a couple other places, once uh, we, we didn't hear the number during Odin's speech in Thor: The Dark World, but he did say that there were um, artifacts or relics from before the universe was created, and most of them present themselves as stones, but the ether is fluid, so that puts that there. Uh, at the end of in the teaser for at the end of Thor: The Dark World, when they take the ether to the collector. They said, why don't you keep this in your own vaults? He's like, we already have the Tesseract. It's foolish to keep two Infinity Stones together. That identifies the Tesseract as an Infinity Stone. The collector then says one down, five to go, meaning he's got one. He's searching for more, uh, and that there's six of them. Now we see he was trying to collect this one. He was willing to pay four billion units for it. Um, And he also then gives a speech of how they're created. And he said before the universe was created, there were... I forget the word, if they were six not six world or six dimensions, but whatever the phrase was, they were six and when the universe when the big bang happened or the universe created, um the the power of these worlds, these systems collapsed into ingots, he called them, which might might just been his collector flowery language. Um uh, but it created the infinity stones. And you saw images of the ether, of the Tesseract and a few others that we couldn't immediately identify. Is
1: this the speech that he's giving in this kind of like a, uh, like a hologram of what he's saying and then they interrupt him, right? Or something happens. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And then he has it open and then his, his, his slave touches it and, you know, blows everything up. Uh, But they're able to collect it and, and get out of there. But yeah, that uh, that's the quick and dirty version of everything we, we know about them. In fact, that seems to be collectors collectors only use in this whole movie was to give us the chalkboard speech of what the infinity stones are and why they're bad.
2: And I have to say, I, I know that the collector is supposed to be fam, flamboyant, but he was a little kind of over the top for me for the Super. rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Compared to the rest of the universe and the rest of the characters, he just seemed a little like, yeah, but I guess that's what you know, the collector's
0: supposed to be like. There's a couple things about him. And I hope we do see him again in three years in gardens of the galaxy Two. Um, He is an elder of the universe. He is all but immortal. He, in the comics, foretold the coming of Thanos. Now, Thanos clearly is known in this part of the galaxy anyway, so that may or may not be part of it. But he has a bigger purpose and a bigger role to play, so I hope we do get to see him again. He's not just there to um, uh,
1: give our heroes something to do. Now, I wonder how quickly they pulled together that Thanos scene that he's actually in because I know that like you know they I guess they signed Josh Brolin and they flew him in quick to do some voiceover and some mocap and stuff you know I wonder if they were just planning on like mentioning Thanos originally and then later on decided you know what maybe we can stick him in this quick scene and and get the voice down and and all of that because it it did seem I don't want to say forced it did seem a little bit like, oh, we're taking this quick trip to Thanos in the middle of the movie, and there he is for 15 seconds, and now we're gone again.
0: You know, it's nice to see him. It's nice to establish him. And we all know he's going to have a bigger role to play in a future movie. Um, so it's nice to get him established and get Josh Bowen established in there.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, the, I think the only negative is uh, it undermined... Um, what's his name now? The other guy, Ronan. the villain. Ronan. R- Ronan? Ronan, yes, sorry. Yeah. It undermined Ronan a bit, like he was the middleman from the start. Because, But
0: you know what? That gave more power to the end when he did that reversal, and it's like, you know what? I got the power, Jim, bitch. I'm going to go take take this out, and then I'm going to come for you. That yeah, that was, you're a, right.
2: That worked. That, that was actually a really nice, well-thought-out scene. I liked that he turned the tables and said, I got it. Come on, you know I I don't need you anymore. I got I got more power than you can ever imagine. Yeah, because he had
0: no idea what he was after. What he was getting, he just knew. Oh, I'll give you the orb, and you'll destroy my enemies for me. Cool. So once he found out what it was, he's like,
1: "Let's go." Yeah,
2: that was that was a really smart scene. I thought.
1: What was your reaction to when Ronan is about to slam the? Hammer down on the planet, and uh, Peter Quill starts dancing in front of him. <laughs> was that a little too? No, okay. No, I was like, you know what?
0: I, he's, you can tell I've got nothing left. <laughs> I mean, we already saw a Rocket trying to put the gun back together, so I, I actually kind of thought he's a stra—he's doing a distraction, and. We just went through this whole... And I'm, I'm a big fan of well-timed comic relief. I think it's always appropriate and, uh, <laughs> when, it's, when it's well done. Um, I, am, I am one of the few people who has a, a, an understanding and an appreciation for Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man 3 because of that. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I knew he was going. And he just ran with it. And, the, and, and, and even better, even better than, than Peter Quill uh, singing was Gamora's scared look on her face with the head shake like no I'm not no I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like bring it back. Okay. Stand off bro. What are you doing? Dude, I'm distracting you. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it fit with the rest home of the whole rest of the movie. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It it is that moment where um you know, you have this very, very high-stress moment. I mean, it's, it's the world's about to be destroyed, and yet, hey, yeah, oh, child, things <laughs> going to get easier. Yeah. So, so good.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no problem with that.
2: <laughs> oh, there
1: you go. <laughs> How about the... Um, Do you think we'll be seeing little dancing Groot trees this Christmas? Oh, that's I hope so. (laughs) Much like those sunflower. uh, Yeah,
0: I I posted something like that on Facebook that they
1: need to make Groot versions of that. That was definitely the test market for them. I mean. Um,
2: (laughs) And you want to talk about just audience roar at that dancing scene. Uh, It just, it killed. And Drax in the background just playing the straight man, just so good. Golly, there's so many just little moments in this movie that just there
0: is, there really are
2: are home runs, and there, I there really, I, I overheard. Um, right, I um, there's this uh, video podcast I watch every so often called Emergency Awesome, and in it he, uh, the, the guy who does the show, he was talking about how this movie, um, it really captures that that son mother relationship that you don't see in a lot of movies. You know, a lot of times it's it's mother-daughter or father-son, but you usually don't see the son mother relationship. And I thought they did a really good emotional job of just connecting them and and making Peter yeah. Quill the man who he is. And, you know, it's a little Disney-esque, and, and you know, oh, the mom dies, and this affects him. But uh, for me, it 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 really did work.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I did like that. It's a, That's similar to the comics, uh, in that Peter's mother did die when she was younger. Different, Very different circumstances in the comics. But um, still, that loss is there. And uh, he leaves Earth at an earlier age than he does in the comics. <clears throat> um doesn't know he's only half human, half Terran, uh, in this movie. But it is his being raised on Earth that still you know, drives him. And I liked how they took the time to set us up. It only took a few minutes. And being able to call that back at the end of the movie and for him to finally take his mother's hand... <laughs> in, in in that moment of need and yeah. then finally of course open her gift 20-30 years later uh,
1: and I love so the that. way they played the mystery of his father you know like they made it a thing early on and then it went away like it, they very easily could have done Peter Quill's you know his whole goal in life is to find out who his father is they could have played that whole thing they totally took it away Right, they yeah. did. They questioned uh, questions about his father right in the beginning. He gets zapped yep. up. Not a word about it until the end, when Michael Rooker Yondu, who we have to mention, I think next, <laughs> yeah, says, okay. "You know, imagine if we would have brought him back to his father." And then you're like, "Oh yeah, we don't know who his father yeah. is." And then,
0: and then it's just a few minutes later. The, the Nova Corps say, "Hey, when we arrested you, we scanned you. You know, you're part part human. There's the alien part to you." And we found out that he calls him Star-Lord because his mom calls him you know, called him Star-Lord, right. apparently. And um, now I, th- I heard that in, in the sequel that one of the things James Gunn wants to do is have more Yondu in there, which, which yeah, awesome <laughs> <if they laughs> that would Gunn be awesome. James
1: Gunn and Michael Rooker have, have worked together like a, yeah. a bunch of times. And it's clear that James Gunn was like, you know what? Just do your Walking Dead character. Yeah! Don't even, <laughs> don't even worry about it. There's I mean, rednecks it, it, in space too. Don't worry about it. Just do it's rednecks
2: <laughs> in space. That was camp, so funny. Captain's gonna learn us.
1: Captain's got to teach us. Just do the Dixon thing. Just <laughs> it, it's working so far, and everybody loves you. Just do that.
0: Yeah, I um, where I was going with though is is, is if they do spend time in Guardians Two and they want to introduce his father and his past and you know make that part of his quest because I'm sure now he's curious. Uh, Yondu would be the way to a way to include that in there and get and get us there.
2: Which um, I, 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 do, I do have to say for, for Peter Quill's part, if I, you know, if I had found out I was part alien, I think I might have been a little more shocked other than, oh, that's cool.
0: You know <laughs> what? The stuff, he, the stuff this kid's seen in 26 years, <laughs> yes. I don't think that would bug him that You're much. on a spaceship
1: with a green girl, a talking <laughs> tree, a raccoon. And <laughs>
2: Point taken. <laughs> raccoon. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah. That's like the least of your worries. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay.
1: Oh, it's another I Tuesday. Do what do you And they did and, and Ken I guess you can uh confer with this from, from the comics, they they kind of addressed the fact that raccoon doesn't know what he is or Yeah. You know, he we know the raccoon form as, you know, a rodent and everything else that gets ticked off, but he's been genetically created and thinks he's like a one of a kind type of Yeah, you know, being so they touched on it a little bit, which was good. They didn't they didn't have to go any further, you know. There's fr- a great scene in a, in a comic when the Guardians
0: are on Earth, and they're near a wooded area. And Peter's hooking up or, or, or hitting on uh, Kitty Pride and an actual raccoon comes out of the woods and starts sniffing around Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh look, Rocket, you got a girlfriend.
2: You know, I I had always been under the impression that Rocket was actually from a a race that just happened to look like raccoons, but I guess no. that's not the case.
0: No, he's he was genetically created engineered by uh I if 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 it's known in the comics, I don't know where he is. He actually mm-hmm. had his his own comic series for a short period of time and they pulled him into this Guardians group at some point and The uh, story
1: the story of the quick version from what I understand is His race or whatever his his, – you know what? They might all be one of a kind, so I don't want to say his race. But he was created to comfort, like, it's either sick people or children or something on this certain planet. Because he always says – when he finds out, the line is, I'm basically created to be somebody's stuffed animal. But Mm. his wiring or he he fought against it. Like, he's not going to be this – servant or whatever so he kind of escapes and becomes this outlaw you know bandit type guy but he was created to be like a comforting figure for some somebody and they decided that the raccoon look was like a good you know way to go
0: okay this is one of the things that bill would be good for because you know again if anybody knows he would know, for, yeah. you know what's going on yeah all right uh so jan do you have anything else on him no, oh, his, he just uh, nails everything. He nails
1: every yeah. line, and <laughs> it's perfect.
2: You know, I, I really now, did like his weapon. Is that is that established in the in the comic books, or did they oh, create that know. for the movie? Okay, that that was just kind of a cool weapon.
0: Yondu in the comics, he's he's actually from like a thousand years in the future. If he wasn't one of the, this is where gets complicated. The original Guardians of the Galaxy were actually a thousand years in the future, and they came or some, there's a, a, a something happened where one, of the, one or some of them came back into the past and influenced this group to be called the Guardians of Ga- the Galaxy, which made them the, in the timeline, the first ones, but really the other ones came first. Like it, it, It's time travel. You get a headache. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna but Yondu it. came back, from the, came, came, to the, came to the past from the future, uh, but they didn't go near that with this one. I, I don't know if that's going to come out ever or if they're just going to keep him here. So, I, I don't know much more about Yondu than that. Um,
1: Rocket Raccoon, he and uh, his first mate, Wall Russ, <laughs> come, <laughs> come from the planet Half World uh, in the Keystone Quadrant, an abandoned colony for the mentally ill, where the animal companions were genetically manipulated to grant them human level intelligence uh, to become caretakers for the inmates. So he's okay. a genetically engineered animal. He was supposed to be taking care of mentally ill patients, and <laughs> decided to uh, take off. All right.
2: What you guys? Uh, what did you guys think of the uh, depiction of the Nova Corps?
0: Space cops. I mean, pretty generic. I thought actually. I don't know. I don't read Nova. I never read any Nova books. I know of the current the current Nova, who's just one of many, I guess. Uh, just from reading Guardians, but um, Space Cops, actually, you know, pretty, they
1: felt generic to me. The Glenn Close uh, stunt casting was a tad bit distracting.
0: Yeah, I mean, of all of them like that, she, like, Tommy Lee Jones nailed that part. Like, that wasn't stunt casting, that was a, a celebrity casting, to be sure, but he also fit the role. This was just like, okay, yeah, it's Glenn Close.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't really add anything to it other than her name. I mean, anybody could have played that character. Uh I I you know, I realize there's the, only two the hours in a movie. <laughs> I I realize that um you know, it, it's only a two hour movie, but I would I would have loved just to see I don't know make Nova Core feel just more epic other than generic space cops.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess they want to use uh, a name that somebody might recognize. I mean, cause, you know, is Xandar the home base of the Nova Corps in the comics?
1: Wish we had Bill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bill Rosenberg. <laughs> the answer to that. I'm catching Nova up. Nova uh, Corps <laughs> home
2: world. I'm looking it up.
1: Good. I'll do Yandu in the meantime. Uh, the arrow is from the comics. An arrow that can actually change its direction in response to a high octave. Whistle sound as his whistling was doing. I, I did enjoy
0: how he did the uh, when he was on the ground and the uh, the bad guys were surrounding him, and trying to order him to turn his men on there, and uh, he just you know did his thing and took them out. And it, it didn't seem like it happened so fast. They couldn't have done something about it yet. That's how it went down. They all fell at the same time. And yeah, that was cool. That that was cool. Now, one thing I was going to say earlier was the uh, symbol on. Star-Lord's jacket and all of them was actually apparently the symbol of the Ravagers which was I guess you know their gang name or whatever but in the comics that is actually the symbol of the Star-Lord of, of, it's specific to him so that actually was a little disappointing I thought because it, 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 that, that had a little bit of meaning to Peter's past more than just being a generic, not generic but, a, but an emblem of, of a bigger group
2: and right? they are from Xandar
0: they are from Xander, yeah. okay, so.
1: So in all you know, for all in, in, intents and purposes, this was pretty uh pretty comic accurate. I mean, we yeah. haven't come up with too many glaring changes, you know. Oh, no, there's there's subtle things. It's nothing nothing
0: really that's gonna annoy uh the diehard um, fan of these of these comics. It's it's very well done. Um, meets the needs of this story certainly. Uh I would love that they did include Nowhere in this, the, the <laughs> head of the Dead uh, Celestial, yes, which is the, that's the base of the base of operations for the Guardians of the Galaxy in in the comic series. And of all of that, while they did not include him in his actual role as being um, the head of security of no, head of security of Nowhere, Cosmo the Russian space dog was in the movie, and I love that he was there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that he that he had a Marvel connection, but uh just when I saw him, I automatically knew he was a he was a dog that was shot into space from Russia and loved it. I just loved he,
0: that. He he is he is a Russian space dog. If he was lost in space, he was given implants or otherwise has telepathic abilities and is the head of security of of nowhere. <laughs> and uh Frank, you were going to say did you keep an eye out for um the Nathan Fillion cameo? I I I'm, yeah. I'm led to believe that he supposedly is the voice of of Cosmo.
2: No. Is no. Uh, no. Uh, he is the character in the jail where Groot puts his roots up that guy's nose. That's Nathan Fillion. That's ah, Nathan Fillion. Okay. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Sorry, I read something that unsubstantiated just said. Supposedly he's he's the voice of Cosmo, but, he, but Cosmo never says anything, so who can tell? Yeah. That was Nathan Fillion.
1: Okay. <laughs> and, you know, Cosmo shows up again in the after credits, which um, I guess we'll get to. I guess we'll get into you know, it now. Yeah, I, did, I was going did, to ask, did, Frank, do you know the voice of the Howard the Duck cameo in the after credits? Did you hear that n- one?
2: I, uh, through you, I did. So no, I didn't know who it oh, was. Before. Oh, that's
1: right. I did email it, didn't I? Yes, yeah, Seth Green is Seth the Green, uh, yeah. the voice of Howard the Duck, who shows up in the very, very brief after credit scene.
2: Which guys? Now, what did we, you What did you think of that scene? That's the first scene that I can think of that doesn't lead us to the next movie.
0: Iron Man. Iron Man three. Iron Man three did not lead us to the next movie.
2: And what were there two with Avengers? I know there was the shawarma
1: thing, which was just kind of like a joke. Aveng-
0: Avengers had Thanos and shawarma. Oh, they did Iron Thanos, Man. of course, right? Iron Man three just had Banner. Um, Thor had the Collector and uh, and the bird chasing ice monster. And of course, Thor coming back to Earth.
2: Yeah, uh, this uh, had this had the whole shawarma type of type of feel. It was just kind of a a, a yeah. comic, just you know. Yeah, here's a little something to laugh. Yeah, it was fun. I loved it.
0: Now, I will say, I do not take this as a sign that there's going to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, (laughs) Howard the Duck. And there are people
1: taking it that literally.
0: Yes, I don't. Now, I will say, there were people in my showing on Thursday night who sat through credits, and they said, Howard the Duck, are you kidding me? Meanwhile, I, I kind of already suspected it. So I, I I didn't know for sure I didn't like see it beforehand I I, I but I did read some things that I read oh he's going to be in it and he was in the movie proper as well yeah he's uh, like behind the
1: collector in a real yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah if you're not looking for him you'll miss him but I I thought it was funny you know what here it is you just go back it's, I look at these egg credit scenes for no matter what they are as nothing more than an epilogue to the movie just a nice little scene to close it out gives a little bit more information or something fun. It doesn't have to set up the next movie. It's just a little bonus. And that's what we got, a little bit, a little bonus.
2: You know, if this movie had been a disaster, just if it had been a disaster, they could have just gone, "Eh, yeah, we weren't sure about it. That's why we ended it with the Howard the Duck scene because, you know. The, that the original Howard the Duck movie is just considered just a disaster. So, you know, they, they could have been covering their butts maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into the scene. But, you know, I kept thinking, yeah, if the movie's not yeah. good, they could always just go, well, we knew that. That's why we put Howard the Duck. In. Now, on July
0: twenty eighth, 2017, when I'm in my chair and I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and they want to make give Howard
1: the Duck a bigger role in that movie, <laughs> sign me up. I'm all for it. <laughs> One, one thing I think that Marvel proved uh, with the success of, of this movie, and, and listen, it's going to get great word of mouth because it's a great movie, so that's going to, of course, help as well. But the amount of people that showed up you know, sight unseen for a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it just goes to show that Marvel is now Pixar. Like, you put that little logo on top of the title, and people are going to show up. You know? I read something today from it was from
0: another podcaster uh, from another show on a different different network, uh, but he he made a good point. Now I've I've been critical um, or or taking my time taking taking a lot of enjoyment of criticizing uh, DC and other movies versus the Marvel movies, and I've been throwing around the old Marvel slogan "Make my Marvel" when it comes to these movies, and I really believe Marvel Studios needs to take that back and use that again. But he made a good point. This isn't about Marvel versus DC. This is about Marvel Studios specifically versus just the general studio system of making movies. Because it doesn't matter if it's DC or Sony or Fox; they none of them can consistently come out with a solid movie that does their their characters justice, like Marvel Studios can. Uh, John, you you put up a thread on our "It's All Connected" Facebook page. Asking people to rank them, but in there you made a comment that, yeah, I'm ranking these one to ten, but even number ten is is no lower than a six and a half. The rest are seven or better. You know, there's not a bad one in the bunch, and can pretty you'll have ton people who are one extreme or the other that that might not like something, but pretty consistently, there's everybody finds something good about all these movies, and they made they made a talking raccoon. A talking raccoon just made more money or just as much money as Captain America and Transformers. Third this is the third biggest opening weekend of two thousand fourteen. And I'll leave it to um listen for the real he- real heroes episode on this to really go through the numbers. Right on this as of movie.
2: as of right now, I'm on my box office mojo. Uh domestic total for August first is thirty seven uh 37, Yeah. And that's this, just... this That's just a Friday, so... That's just Friday, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's just going to keep going. And because Marvel Studios is making their own movies, they're making the movies they want to see, that we want to see as fans, that they want to see as fans of these characters, and they're doing them justice. I I smiled from beginning to end. I leave every Marvel Studios movie, every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I am done with... My mind is going nuts with okay, what's next? How can that play into the next thing? How did, does this play into what came before it? I'm running scenarios. I'm trying to learn things. I can't say that about many other movies or properties. When I walk out of Spider-Man and I'm depressed, or I walk out of Mass <laughs> Steel and I'm and I'm like wondering what the hell I just watched. You did it wrong. Yeah. And that hasn't happened
1: with any of these Marvel Studios movies yet. Yeah, I. I have to agree, Frank, where do you quickly you know as best as you can on on me with me putting you on the spot? Where do you put this movie in like your top marvel movies? I mean, or maybe give me your top three or four is this yeah, one it, is this
2: two is it golly it's going to be it's going be in the top three because I really loved Iron Man Three a lot um God, this is this may be close to one or two actually, because it was different. It was funny. It was standalone, um, and just you could go into this movie not knowing anything and love it, uh, which I did. It's different. It's um, it's action packed sci-fi, which you know as a sci-fi fan, I just kind of loved. And uh, Ken, like you said, I walked out smiling. I was I was very happy out of this theater as opposed to uh the amazing Spider Man two, which you know, you have a little bit of hope at the end, but you know, I didn't I didn't walk out of that movie just with my arms held high. And you also mentioned Man of Steel. Man of Steel was um it was great to see Superman back on screen, but just really didn't do much for me. And this I movie's think, quotable. This movie has scenes that you can just reference, like, oh, that was great. And just, just the times when you laugh, just, those are the moments that you remember.
1: I think Superman is a, is a great example. Marvel is letting these characters and, and these different properties be what they are. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can't do a dark and brooding Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, and so they didn't, and so they didn't. And you can't really do a cutesy, fun Winter Soldier story because he's a killer. So they didn't. So they didn't. And Batman totally works with the Christopher Nolan-style Dark Knight Batman. But you can't do it with Superman. (laughs) Right. You can't. You can't. And and I remember when the,
0: uh, the trailer, the first trailer for this came out a few months back. The memes were everywhere. Like, you know, DC can't figure out how, what to do with Wonder Woman. Marvel, here's a talking raccoon with a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your move. Yeah. Suck it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great. Now, I walked out of the theater, and, and, and I, I walked out thinking, okay, that was really good. I don't know if I'm ready to call it the best Marvel movie ever, Marvel Studios movie, but I knew that I liked it more than I liked Avengers, which doesn't mean I didn't like Avengers. I loved mm-hmm. Avengers, but I knew I enjoyed this movie differently, but if I had to quantify it, I enjoyed it more than Avengers. So when I came down, I sat down like, okay, what were my best movies, and I kind of ranked them all, and I realized I had previously ranked Avengers number one, and I'm like, oh, well therefore, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy is my number one Marvel Studios movie.
1: Yeah, the the only thing I definitely put higher... I think it's three for me, and, and just in context, Avengers is four for me. So I did like it better than Avengers. Uh, again, just just because of my taste, the Winter Soldier is my favorite because I love the espionage thriller movie that yeah. they made. Uh, so th- that's still my number one. I love Iron Man two, and I really <laughs> I really can't put my finger on it. Besides ScarJo, no. you know, uh, I love War Machine. I, I thought Scarjo was awesome. I loved the Vanko character with uh with Mickey Rourke and I, that movie just I like it way more than anybody else. But yeah. Guardians no, I, is,
0: I love I love Iron Man 2, but Iron Man 2 I enjoy it for different reasons. Iron Man 2 is that's the linchpin of Phase 1. Right. Even though it's the third there's the third movie in, but that's the one more more or as much as Avengers. That brings all those plot threads and brings them into one movie, and these little connections. Howard Stark's little box of secrets—that's got everything in there, right—from the Tesseract to uh, uh, Steve Rogers is in there. I mean, there's there's so much in there; it's it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so Guardians for me is right after Iron Man 2, and and squeezed in before Avengers. I mean, I just think I think plot-wise. It's way better than Avengers. Avengers did some awesome things that were like groundbreaking, and it was a ton of fun. But this one did all of that, and it had a super tight story.
2: And, that, and, that's, and that's what I really liked about it. I struggled a little bit with, with Avengers. I think that's known. I, it, it, it's a fun movie. I had a lot of fun with it. But this one, plot-wise, man, it was just... I mean, I was engaged. I was engaged the whole time. Awesome.
1: And now we have to wait till when for our next Marvel movie, Ken? <laughs> September twenty
0: third, when Marvel's Agents of Shield premieres, because every week you get a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. And then that continues into Agent Carter, which continues back into Agents of Shield, which continues into Daredevil, Marvel Age of El- Marvel Marvel's Age of Ultron. Uh, Daredevil, yeah, I don't know when that's coming, but uh, I expect I'm looking. Th- that's gonna be fun ride
2: too. That's I'm actually good. looking forward to the Luke Cage one. That's the one that I'm.
0: I am looking forward to the announcements of the casting of Iron Fist just so I can listen to Johnny M.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> use going to lose my shit either way.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I want to see he's going to either gush or bitch, and if uh, what's-her-name, that UFC fighter that he's in love with and somehow made a cameo into Iron Fist, he'd fall over that. Ronda <laughs> Rousey, yeah. Back. I just thought of that to fly now. <laughs> that would be um, awesome. We talked a little bit about uh, – the Infinity Stones and how they connect into the bigger Marvel Universe and the character who died at Thanos' lair. Yes. Uh, and that is there any other big connections that we can see or
1: think no. about? You know, it's like you said, it, it's not on Earth and it's kind of a standalone, yep. you know, besides the stone itself. I don't think there were many. You know, it's you're not gonna see a rocks on oil building in deep space. You know, it's it's a different movie.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. So I'm 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 thinking ahead now. And I don't know, do we wanna do um like we our usual format when we do a shield episode, do you wanna do a, a separate speculation segment or you just wanna kinda keep just roll with this now? Nah, just roll with it. Alright. So so I I, I I I think about these things, like I said, I, I think about what's coming next. What's what's Next in the MCU, and of course we do include Agents of Shield in there. Now we talked about the Cree, blue alien in Agents of Shield, and I'm thinking, and we're sure that's going to play a part coming up in this. So, if you remember back to the uh, the Sith episode, and, and uh, uh, Jamie Alexander, yeah, no, Jamie Alexander was always on there, but uh, Coulson asked her, like, you know, you know any blue aliens? Sure, and he, she goes for listening to includes the Cree, and then she says, "Don't worry. Other than the frost giants, no one, no other alien has come to Earth." Um, okay, I can give you exactly two that <laughs> that uh, from this movie that she says that's that's incorrect. That the they, the Asgardians, really, Sif didn't know about. In 1977, 78, um, there was an alien on Earth long enough to get to know Peter's mom. Yeah. And then in 1988, Yondu shows up to uh, collect Peter Quill. So, you know, are there more? Are there there? Will there be a reference to that? Uh, I can potentially see that when they start investigating uh, this blue alien and where he came from. Uh, you know, we know that there's, we believe there'd be another alien on Earth right now,
1: Dri- Drippy Man. And that would be the perfect amount for for agents of shield to be able to tie in with the movies. Right. You know like just that little bit, just that little thread and now they can go off and and investigate, you know, this alien activity on earth and when it spiked or when it started or whatever and it it pulls in the movies but it's not yeah. dependent on them in any way. That's what I'm
0: thinking. I'm thinking they they find some reference or some recording or evidence of ufo sightings in those in those eras 78 and 88 you know uh, to and go along with us
2: and there's also the agent carter angle i mean uh with hydra and and, and stuff make you know they can also touch on some you know they don't know what it's an we all know it's an alien but they don't know it's an alien so they could just think right. it's some weird technology that they're not aware of could um, be. so it's fun
0: It's fun, and I am looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to exploring it right here on It's All Connected.
1: We have to let Frank go and be social and or play video (laughs) games.
2: Play my terrible video game, Young Justice (laughs) Legacies. I'm just finishing it because I'm committed to it. I've already logged like three hours on it, so I have to finish it. Uh, Three hours? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Going not in, in, the end, row, not in a row, not in a row. I usually pay like, you know, 30 minutes at a time, so.
1: Well, Frank, uh, thanks, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and, and you guys, unfortunately, Bill. Well, I guess not unfortunately, right? He, he went to go see the movie again, which is pretty awesome with his kids, he, so. He
2: has a good excuse, so.
1: Yeah, indeed. Next time.
0: I will be listening to Half Hour Wasted. It's you have an episode coming up where you will uh, be as a group, talking about this movie, right?
2: Right, yeah. We're going to be a a week behind this, but yeah, we are going to do our take on Guardians of the Galaxy. And then for that second show, oh, who knows? We'll probably talk about soda again, you know, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Who knows?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good.
2: Well, guys, thanks a lot for having me. I had a great time.
1: Thank you, Frank. Pleasure was ours. Thank you, Frank. All right, so I guess we return uh to it's all connected can i'm thinking our next show will be where we start taking these movies down one by one and and yeah. connecting the dots
0: we need to start picking that apart we've been promising that i've been wanting to do that um hopefully we can get um russ and brad involved with that but we'll see what what happens um yeah i mentioned to do that show and we're 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 just about what six weeks away give or take from um the premiere September 9th um, well September 9th is the day that on um, Blu-ray Captain America the Winter Soldier and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 both come out on Blu-ray um, three or four weeks before that you can get Captain America digitally so I, I'm sure at least Russ and I or somebody whoever wants to be in on that will do a commentary track for I'm Captain I'm in on America. that
1: one as long as you don't speak during the ScarJo scenes yeah okay <laughs> You know what I'm thinking? I was thinking about this movie.
0: Um, when, we, when we finally do a commentary track for this movie, we're gonna have to really watch ourselves because otherwise, we're just gonna get caught up, be laughing at this thing, is watching the movie and be laughing the whole thing. Yes, a laugh track. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So be on the lookout for our next. Uh, it's all connected. Sometime soon. Good night. Good night.